It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hello and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan It is Scottish Cup fourth round day A day we always look forward to in the Scottish footballing calendar A day where David can beat Goliath And unlikely heroes can write their name in Scottish football folklore Rangers already into the hat for the fifth round of course After their win against Stranraer last night We'll get to that a little bit later on And of course we've got a Glasgow derby to look forward to At half past five this evening As Partick Thistle host the cup holders Celtic We'll get around the grounds for our featured matches very shortly But in the studio with me as always we have Alex Ray Gordon DL and Hugh Evans. when Rangers manager Stephen Gerrard can admit that he was bored watching his team's cup win over Stranraer then it stands to reason we need an upgrade in performance levels today and there are certainly good reasons for expecting improvement Celtic want an astonishing 32 cup wins in a row St Mirren don't want to go out at home to a junior team Hearts need a first win under Daniel Stendel Airdrie permitting And Aberdeen need to avoid embarrassment against them Barton The road to Hamden starts here for the big guys But Gordon Dale, will any of them be cut down to size? Well after last night's game I watched that uh, Hugh And I totally agree with the Rangers manager The most boringest game I've ever watched But it's all about getting the job done It's all about getting in the next round And Rangers have achieved that uh, you look at the, cal- uh, the the calendar this afternoon The games that are going on I don't see anything that's jumping out to me Apart from Can my old club Airdrie go to a Hearts team That are low in confidence ah. Really struggling I know it's time Castle Hugh If they had to score the first goal I don't see where any upset's coming from Maybe time Castle yeah, for me as well. I think Airdrie's got one of the best uh, away records in League One, Hugh. Yeah. So potentially there, but they will go into this. You've got uh, East Kilbride as well, uh, potentially going into the last 16, also BSC. So mm. there's plenty of options out there, and there's also a, a giant killer on the cards. I can feel it. If it's Airdrie, then it's also Alfredo Saint Pet. For Daniel Stendel I think it will be There are some really tasty ties uh, This afternoon Our featured matches East Kilbride versus BSC Glasgow Two Lowland League teams Very interesting of course Uh, They're not You know East Kilbride are two time champions Of the Lowland League But they're struggling a wee bit this season And uh, BSC are fourth in the league Kelty Hearts running away with a wee bit at the top Um, But it's going to be an interesting match isn't it? Yeah without a doubt I think the great thing about it I think this is the thing If you imagine these players A lot of these guys have been trying to get through and then hoping that they can get Rangers and Celtic in the next round. You see it last night, 38,000 at Ibrox, and they came, gave a good account of Selstrunra, and they can, they can finance them going forward over the coming years. I've got to say, I'm looking at that game, especially today, I've got a lot of great friends up there. Um, Was that the I, owners? Because you all deal with the hierarchy. I, I deal with the hierarchy, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I went through to, I was a guest through, and I watched them against Kelty Hearts, they lost 1-0 to Penley. Uh, they're a good side they brought in a couple of new players um, it's great that one of the low teams are now into the next round no matter what happens but I just hope that he's got bright can edge at this afternoon Speaking of which St Mirren versus Broxburn Hugh Evans, is that a potential upset? No not for me uh, I know that junior clubs have periodically done well in the Scottish Cup but Jim Goodwin would be embarrassed and humiliated if St Mirren a premiership team went out to a junior club. It, it, it shouldn't happen. It could happen, 
But I don't think it will happen I'm going to give you one Just a wee quick one Having looked through the fixtures Hamilton Ackies Versus Edinburgh No chance Possibility No, no chance No chance He's a, he's a trying to grasp at straws now boys um, <laughs> I, I really don't think You've got any chance at all The one that I do look at Would it be an upset Bonnie Rig Rose at home To Clyde Yes Clyde I've got that goal scoring machine David Goodwillie To help them out But I think that's a difficult game For Clyde and Danny Lennon well, let's go to the simple digital arena. Uh, Fraser Wisher, I believe you do have the St Mirren team at this moment in time. We'll get Brock in just a wee second. But how's things looking in Paisley, Fraser? Yeah, it's shaping up quite nicely, uh, Stephen. You know, it's got a feel of a big game. It's quite strange when you're driving through Paisley to get to the game. There's fans milling around outside the ground. There's red and white outside the pubs. And, and then you realise this is an Easter Scotland Premiership team. This isn't a, a big tie for St Mirren in terms of a big team coming here. But they're, they're going to bring... 1,600 fans wow. who sold out the away end and most clubs outside the tops of three or four the bigger clubs don't really do that when they come to St Mirren they beat Highland League Lone League teams League 2 teams as well so um, Stephen Hislop described that today's day he's the assistant manager at Broxburn it's going to be like the Alamo so I think they're expecting to be on the, the defensive but it's one of my favourite days when the big teams enter the Scottish Cup it throws up games like this a Premier team against a team levels below them it should be fairly straightforward for St Mirren in a one-off game but you never know what can happen and Broxburn of course have got to this stage by beating Cowdenbeath in the, the last round. And junior league, juniors and lower league teams, and East Scotland league teams often are stronger than lower league teams in the SPFL as they can pay more and attract better players. But Jim Goodwin's been busy during the winter break. He's signed McGrath, McCarthy and uh, Fameo on loan as well because John McLaughlin has gone back to his club. So it's a good game for these guys to settle in and actually start the game and get a bit of confidence. I've got the Simmer team, I've not got the Broxburn team, but Jim Goodwin taking it very, very seriously. He's got a strong team out today, almost his, his, his full choice. Team Bacalai Fladkey's in goals. Ryan Flynn, Conor McCarthy, the new signing. I can. Um, Fameo and Callum Waters are at the back. Kel McGuinness, Sam Foley, Cameron McPherson, Neil Kai Dermus in midfield with Junior Morris and Jonathan Obika as the striker. Subs Dean Linus, Paul McGinn, Ethan Erhanon, Jimmy McGrath, Tony Andrew, Danny Mullen, and Cody Cook. And I'll give you the Broxburn team when I get it. Excellent, thank you very much Fraser It looks like it's going to be a decent day there in Paisley That's that's brilliant, Broxburn bringing so many fans Alec Absolutely fabulous I think when you look at 1600 Hugh Take that yeah. whole uh, section behind uh, you know the goal They'll be buoyant, they'll be encouraged And they'll be expecting to try and get something on the day you know. And I think that's the beauty of the cup The smaller teams look to try and turn over the big guns Well exactly, let's go to another one Which would be definitely an upset as well uh, Mark Guidi is at Rugby Park For Kilmarnock versus Queen's Park Take it away Mark uh-huh. And he did He and took he, it away he did. He's, he's, he's literally taken it away I'll so bring we'll, it back we'll, we'll get back to Mark In just a wee second So let's go to Petodre Instead then Dave Galloway Is there for Aberdeen Versus Dumbarton Thank you Stephen Well Aberdeen are aiming To win the Scottish Cup This season 30 years after They last lifted the trophy And they begin their campaign Strongly fancied To comfortably deal With a very well organised And hard working Dumbarton team However Don's boss Derek McInnes Insists there's no complacency In his squad and he points to this stage of the competition last year when Stenhouse Muir came here and earned a 1-1 draw. Now, uh, Dumbarton manager Jim Duffy, he says his players must compete with their hosts as best they can for as long as they can. The longer they do that, the better chance they have of causing an upset. And in a bid to make some noise at Pittori, AFC have turned the Merklin stand to my right into the Red Shed, as they're calling it, with unallocated seating to try and have a sort of away atmosphere at home. Over 2,000 tickets have been sold alone for that end of the ground. Let's uh, have a look at the teams then. 
Um, Aberdeen make uh, five changes in come Andy Considine, Dylan McGeoch for his uh, debut, uh, Niall McGinn, Conor McLennan, and Sam Cosgrove. Making way are Zach Viner, Lewis Ferguson, Dean Campbell. John Gallagher and Curtis Main. So it's Joe Lewis in goals across the back. Shea Logan, Ash Taylor, Scott McKenna and Andy Considine. Midfields, Niall McGinn, Dylan McGeoch, Funzo Ojo and Connor McLennan. Up top, Bruce Anderson and Sam Cosgrove. Substitutes, Cherney, Devlin, Campbell, Gallagher, Hedges, Wilson and Main. Four changes for Dumbarton coming in. Lewis Crawford, Joe McKee, Callum Wilson and Paul Joseph Crossan. Out go uh, Reagan Tumulty, uh, Stuart Carswell, Connor Scullion, and Ryan Tierney. So they line up with Connor Brennan in goals. The outfield players: Lewis Crawford, Rico Kitongo, uh, Ruri Langan, Morgan Neal, Kyle Hutton, Stephen McCluskey, uh, Joe McKee, Callum Wilson, Ryan McGeever, and Paul Joseph Crossan. Substitutes: Pettigrew, Tierney, Scullion, and Zata. And your match referee here at a freezing cold but gloriously sunny Pittodi Stadium is Gavin Duncan. Thank you very much Dave And that's good to see That Aberdeen are obviously Trying to fill that Merklin stand as yeah. well Hugh Yeah It's the brainchild I understand Of Dave Cormack Who's the new Aberdeen chairman uh, Based in Atlanta Bringing a bit of uh, American Commercialisation Into the, the Pataudry set up there And it's clearly A winner With the fans So Dave Cormack Got it badly wrong When he criticised uh, Christopher Iyer For that tackle from Sam Cosgrove in the Celtic Aberdeen game but he's got it bang on with his idea for the Merkland stand today Jim Duffy was in a couple of times during the week he was in fact he was on last night on yeah. Super Scoreboard and he was saying that it's uh, it's going to be a wee bit of struggle There's, they are really struggling with injuries and players going back on loan to their parent clubs don't, and stuff. Don't, don't have enough players to, to fill the subs bench but you've, you've Gordon and Alec have been there seen it done it yeah, and that's the the life that Duff has at the uh, at the battle. Even if you had these guys that are going back and loan, it'd still be difficult. I think when you look at the jump in the, uh, in class, for me, I think it's a comfortable win for Aberdeen. Today. And it is a strong team he's put out. Oh, aye. Obviously, McGill coming in for his debut, terrific player. I like him. Uh, makes Aberdeen stronger at Petorre. Always a hard place to go. It's going to be a long day for Duff and Dumbarton. Is, is Dave in the Merton stand or is he in the press box? He'll be in the press box. He's in the manager's office just yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have managed to locate Mark Guidi. He is at Rugby Park for Kilmarnock versus Queen's Park. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, good. Thank you very much, Stephen. And uh, sorry about that wee glitch uh, earlier on. But uh, I do have the team's kill against Queen's Park. Kilmarnock, of course, our first game back after the winter break. Alex Dyer. Now confirmed as the manager until the end of the season and he hands a debut to Harry Bunn uh, who he signed earlier in the week and for Queen's Park of course a managerial change during the festive period for them as well Mark Roberts former commander player replaced by Ray McKinnon former Falkirk and Morton and Dundee United manager and big things expected of Queen's Park going professional and looking to climb up the leagues over the next few years for Kilmarnock they go with a 4-2-3-1 Formation it's Jan Koprovic and goals at the back. Stephen O'Donnell, Alex Bruce, and a welcome return for Stuart Finlay and Nico Hamalainen. Holding two, Alan Power and Gary Dicker. Moel McCranny just in front of them with Chris Burke and Greg Kilty on either wing. And it's Harry Bunn up top on the bench for Kelly Branescu, Johnson Wilson, Millen St Clair, Kabamba, and Cornell for Queen's Park. They go 4 4 1 1. William Uren goals at the back. Willie Mortimer, Ryan Finney, Cameron Foy, and Kieran Summers. 
in midfield it's a little Joffrey Lederin Luke Main and Kieran Moore and it's David Galt of the striker Salim Kudair Isa on the bench for Ray McKinnon's team Herity Aguman Purdy Gibson Clark Grant and Maguire your referee at Rugby Park this afternoon is Colin Stephen OK from the west coast to the east coast then Tynecastle Roger Hanna is there for Hearts versus Airdrie yeah, Hearts are out of the winter break, the first fixture of 2020, Stephen, and they'll be hoping the new year brings an upturn in fortunes for Daniel Stendhal. It's been a miserable 2019 for the Jambos. They ended it five points adrift at the bottom of the Premiership table. They've only had one win in their last 17 games. None of those have come under the tutelage of the German coach Stendhal. He's just taken one point from 15 in the league at the end of last year and he's rung the changes we know Christoph Berra dumped Glenn Whelan away Aidan Keena away Craig Whiten dumped Jake Moreney dumped there's no place either today for the veteran Stephen McLean or Eddie White and Stendhal has turned to youth as he looks to take hearts further in a competition they've won eight times in the past into the team today comes 21 year old Lewis Moore 19 year old Ewan Henderson 19 year old Andrew Irving to of course join 17 year old Aaron Hickey in a very youthful side which is going to be led by the new club captain Stephen Naismith this afternoon so they'll start with Joel Pereira in goal it's a back four of Sean Clare the fit again John Souter Craig Halkett and Aaron Hickey midfield Lewis Moore Michael Smith Andrew Irving and Ewan Henderson and up top will be Stephen Naismith with Connor Washington on the bench Lamal, Bozanic, Walker, Ikpiazu, Garuccio, Damour and Tikamona. As for Airdrie, will they come here in decent run of form? Their third in League One. They've caused hard several problems in cup competitions over the year. Most noticeably knocking them out in the cup semi-final replay back in 1992 in a dramatic penalty shootout when John Martin, the goalkeeper, emerged as a hero. David Hutton between the sticks for the Diamonds this afternoon will be hoping he can be a hero here at Tynecastle. In front of him is a back four of Kyle McDonald, Callum Fordyce, Sean Crichton and Leon McCann. Three-man midfield, Paul McKay, Kieran Miller and Josh Kerr. And up top, it will be Callum Smith, Callum Gallagher and a former hard striker, Dale Carrick. On the bench, Gallagher, Roy, Hawkshaw, Wedderburn, Roberts, Pyatt and Thompson. And the referee at Tynecastle this afternoon is Don Robertson. Thank you very much, Roger. That is an interesting Hearts lineup, isn't it? It's either a risk strategy or a vision of the future. Uh, it better be a vision of the future for Daniel Stendel or questions will be asked in high places. He's uh, in five games... Lost four, drawn one. He needs the win. He needs to avoid embarrassment. But four teenagers, risk strategy. Yeah, he seemed to um, want to stamp his authority on his team now. Um, Hugh's right. You've got to start winning games. I still think it's a bit early to say that even though he lost today, say he got put out the Scottish Cup, Hugh would probably argue I don't think he will lose his job I think he'll still be there I think he'll be given time He's got to be He's walked into an absolute disaster Of a football club And you just don't turn that round In five games It is important Hugh I totally agree That he's got to win And he's got to start winning But He's starting to stamp his authority Where his methods are right or wrong And I've heard coaches come now I've heard players come now But he hasn't got a lot of time He's got to get to the end of the season I think they've got to give him that transfer window and see how he starts I, next I year. I don't think he would lose his job if he lost today's game, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think it would create pressure a, a pressure on him, Alec. And the, you yeah. know the atmosphere is fairly toxic at the moment. It would get much worse if they lost to Airdrie. Yeah, he needs to get a win from somewhere. Hugh, and today's a perfect one to do that at home. And you look at his back line. You know, you've obviously got Claire Suter back's a big bonus for me because he's probably one of the better centre halves. Halkett's you know strong. And then Young Hickey will bomb up and down. But the, the key thing for me is getting Naismith back in the team because he is pivotal for whatever Hearts do going forward. 
We've got one final game to go to And it is at K Park And it's the meeting of the Lowland League sides It's East Bride versus BSE Glasgow And Andrew McLean, you're there for us, aren't you? Yeah, well you described the rest of the ties in, uh, That we're covering today as David versus Goliath ties I think this is a David versus David tie If you can call it that Two teams from the fifth tier Battling it out for a place in the last 16 of the Scottish Cup. East Kilbride taking on BSC Glasgow. And I'll paint a bit of a picture for you because I'm looking out from the main stand and it really does just kind of look as if you're looking out onto a bog standard sort of local 4G pitch. But there is two stands. The one I'm sat in, around 400 seats around me. And there is standing room behind the goal to my left-hand side as well. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of people here to see this one. Excited locals, definitely. Uh, a place in the next round of this competition could be transformational for both these clubs as well. And what a carrot. It is for both these sides. If they can get through and get a draw away to one of the big teams, it could bring in a six-figure sum, which really would be massive. East Kilbride have actually made it to the last 16 of this competition before, where they lost to Celtic back in 2016. BSC Glasgow were only formed two years before that, and this is their first appearance in the fourth round. BSC doing well in the Lowland League. They're up in fourth at the moment. A steady progression for them every season in the league and cup since they were founded. East Kilbride will be disappointed with their season so far. They're sat in eighth. Not great considering they won the league last season. I do have team lines as well for East Kilbride. It's Matthew McGinley in goal in outfield. Craig Reid, Bernard Call, David Proctor, David Brownlee, Graham Holmes, Rory Payton, Dean Cairns, Craig Malcolm, Darrell Healy and Paul Woods. The substitutes Stevenson, Winter, Brady, Bell, Henry, McGrath and Keane. As for BSC Glasgow, it's Ryan Marshall in goal outfield. It's Jamie McCormack, Jamie Mills, Michael Anderson, Ross Smith, Ross McMillan, Jamie Hamilton, Declan Hughes, Thomas Orr, Martin Green and Thomas Collins. The substitutes McNabb, Bell, Lindsay, Mackay, Marshall, White and Barr. The referee for this one at K Park is Callum Scott. Uh, thank, thank you very much, th- Andrew. Th- brilliant of George Ezra to turn up there. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a week on the back right there. Uh, going through that East Kilbride team, a couple of names that jump out. Craig Reid. Motherwell. Uh, uh, Motherwell. used to play with Dunfermline as well, obviously. And Graham Holmes mm-hmm. uh, kicked around sort of yes. the championship. And I played with his played, dad. Played, oh, showing Over. your age a wee bit there. So, <laughs> uh, but as Andrew was saying... All for these teams is getting through to the next round, and you know, Fortress. even if it's a, an Aberdeen or it's a Hibs or it's a Rangers or a Celtic, whoever it is, that is absolutely transformational. Well, one of them's got to be in the draw, that's for sure. But I look at uh, I've been up there many times to Cape Park, uh, it's a lovely little setup, brilliant. Uh, as Alec, it's absolutely brilliant up there. Uh, they look after you. You look at BSC, they're sitting above East Kilbride now in the league, the league campaign's not been the greatest, but head to head. East Kilbride have had the better of the teams. Home advantage, I think East Kilbride can get into the next round. Yeah, you'll have to say, I think at this stage it's about getting the big draw, getting the television money as well, and then that gives you an unbelievable chance to start getting better players, which will allow you to then bump up a league if possible. You're living the dream if you get into the draw and you draw Celtic or Rangers. I mean, you really are... Uh, Stranraer reckoned that last night's game at Ibrox would keep them going for three to four years. So what would it do for an East Kilbride or a BSC uh, if they were sent to Ibrox or to Celtic Park? And I know Celtic are playing Partick Thistle tonight, Thistle fans, and I haven't written you off yeah. yet. <laughs> so, wait till 5 30. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that a wee bit later on. Uh, but next, we'll bring all the pundits in from around the grounds and we'll get talking about the biggest talking points in Scottish football throughout the week. And we'll look back at last night's win for Rangers against Stranraer. Clyde One Super Scoreboard continues next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Welcome back to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's Stephen Mill in for God. 
Gordon Duncan It's Scottish Cup Fourth round day One tie already done Rangers 2 Stranraer 0 It finished last night But before we get to the game There is obviously the debate Around this these disciplinary charges That came out in the last Sorry, 24 hours Rangers have released a statement this morning I'll quickly read a part of it for you uh, Rangers is astounded By the notices of compli- uh, complaint Issued by the SFA It's concerning That it seems the governing body Is seeking to hold Rangers To a different and more stringent code of conduct than it applies to others with unprecedented charges being levied against the club. Rangers fans can be assured that this is our firm intention to resist the charges in the most robust manner possible. Rangers will make further comment after the weekend. First of all, Hugh Keevans. Well, the word others mean Celtic. Um, so you take the Hibs Rangers game at Easter Road. Unarguable. Stephen Gerrard yeah. himself that night said not the finest hour for either bench, John Potter. Uh, Tom Culshaw sent up the stand And rightly so The behaviour was out of order um, Again The Celtic Park match Has aroused so much controversy um, For me The third yellow card Shown to Morelos Is unarguable uh, Because uh, of his gesture You know, He made a, a daft gesture At Motherwell Got a yellow card He made a daft gesture At Celtic Park and Got a yellow card Understandable the one great area here is Ryan Kent. What he did for me was stupid and uh, unnecessary. Uh, however, he was not dealt with by the referee at the time and he has been lumped into this general charge of Rangers failing to keep staff and players under control. So if Rangers want to contest that particular bit, then they have the floor. They can bring up their legal team. Uh, but with regard to the off-field matters at Easter Road, uh, I think that's perfectly understandable. Gordon, Alec, I know you're uh, yeah. itching to get in. We're going to go to the boys. We're going to go to the boys first. Though Fraser is at St Mirren. Uh, Fraser, what's your take on this one? Yeah, I mean it's, it's a strange situation for me. This kind of rule and regulation. I'm on a, a working group that sort of looks at these rules um, every single season, and it started again this year. And, and last year, the SFA were. were wanted to be stronger on this they wanted to change the rules and bring in rules where if two players are confronting each other from either team then the club gets charged I'm not quite sure and I said this at the time to the SFA I'm not quite sure what the point of that is if Fredo Morelos or Ryan Kent or any player misbehaves or Michael Beale or John Potter whoever if they misbehave then they're punished and I think they probably have been already so I'm not too sure why we need to get into charging clubs at this late stage is anybody really up in arms about what went on what went on was, was, was wrong Stephen Gerrard was right he said you know it was it was, it was wrong at the Hibs Rangers game uh, and the Celtic game as well you know Michael Beale said to stand and probably said something did something who knows but that's an individual case and I don't really see why we're still going over old ground but the SFA seem to think that this is this is the way forward and this is what they want to do is charging clubs for, for the behaviour of, of, of their staff I think it's an individual thing if you misbehave as a player you misbehave as a staff member in the dugout then, then you get that punishment and those who are concerned have been punished by the referee on the day and they'll take their punishment at a later date so it's all a bit strange for me Roger Hanna what do you make of the Rangers statement this morning do you share their astonishment um, well l- listen Stephen it's interesting P- people who judge themselves what they make of Morelos's conduct or Kane's conduct or, or John Potter or Tom Culshaw or Michael Beale or any of these people the, the interesting line for me in the statement is it is concerning that it seems the governing body is seeking to hold Rangers to a different and more stringent code of conduct than that applied to others 
simplifying that, Stephen, it means the SFA are picking on us. It's what Rangers are saying, and that's an interesting line for them to pursue. I think it's one they'll argue with their legal team at the Hamden hearing on the 6th of February. But clearly, Rangers feel very strongly that the SFA have got it in for them to a greater degree than they have it in for anybody else. Mark Guidi, you are at Rugby Park for us, but what's your thoughts on this one, Mark? Hey, I've just I'm sick and fed up with the whole kind of old firm fallout from December 29th, and it should have been dealt with quicker any punishment that the SFA want to, to, to hand out, get it over and done with, but here we are, we're back after the, the winter break, uh, three three weeks on and, and we're still dealing with things, dealing with things that happened the, the week before in the, the Burning V Rangers game, I, you know, I have to be honest, I get fed up with it. some of the statements that Celtic and Rangers came out with too, I get fed up with the tit for tat, everybody's against us, you know, listen, we've got to remember both clubs, as we get into the nitty gritty of this fantastic title race that we've got on the park. You know, we need to remember that there's a wider responsibility coming from both clubs and just deal with what you've got to deal with on your own. Don't cite the other side of the city. Just go and fight your battles with the SFA. But please remember there's a wider responsibility to society as we move into the next four or five months and that has got to start at the helm of both clubs. Well, listen, uh, because it's fresh news, I think we have to deal with it. You know, it's come out yesterday. The astonishing thing for me that it's 19 days after the event. If they can't get their house in order, uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, astonishes me. The the point that Fraser makes is really interesting. I was speaking to the two guys during the last break. Two of the instances were handled at the time. So you've got, uh, you know, the assistant manager being sent to the stand. He will deal with individually. You've got Morelos, who was dealt with at the time, who got his yellow card after the game. You have Ryan Kent, who has no charge to answer as an individual, yet the club are now having to fight off a charge of uh, not controlling his players. It doesn't stack up for me. I don't think it will hold any credence. I think they'll get blown out of the water when the actual um, uh, kind of charge comes to, to fruition. And... I can understand people's frustration. 19 days later, we are still talking about a game that went on. It's astonishing. I've got to say, I think it's a complete shambles. I really do. I do agree with you, Alec. 19 days later, I think Fraser Wishart makes a good point about, you know, treating everybody individually and get your punishment. Uh, I was at the, the game. I watched the incident in the dugout and leading up to the tunnel. I didn't think it was anything that bad it was yeah. a bit of emotions running high so Bill gets sent to the stand yeah he gets his two game ban or whatever it may be Morelis has been dealt with Kent whatever I do agree with the Hibs but that was ages ago and SFA leave their cell wide open for criticism with us we really do 19 days later and I heard a wee bit of the programme last night and I think it was Jim Duffy that said well People might be in holiday and whatever it may be, but surely... But they can't be in holiday because he dealt with the Christie yeah, thing two yeah, days later. Yeah, exa days later. exactly. I just don't understand but where Christy, the SFA are Christie's part of the fast track, track process. Yeah. Uh, and this other business is not. I, I do understand that it's come at a very inopportune moment because they're both back into it now. They're, they're back from Dubai. There are crucial league games to be played midweek. I'm also concerned by Mark Weedy's wider point that we are heading towards the climax of a unique season where Rangers must stop nine in a row and the Celtic supporters demand nine in a row. And for me, there's an element of playing to the gallery by both of them. 
about everything that happens to them. When Ryan Christie uh, received his punishment, I said on this programme on the day the ban was imposed, I think it's overly harsh. Uh, I think it's inconsistent, bearing in mind that Morelos on Christie merited no punishment, but Christie on Morelos did merit a punishment. However, after it was over, Neil Lennon came out and said he wanted an apology from the SFA. Well, the SFA tried... Ryan Christie if you like They convicted Ryan Christie And they sentenced Ryan Christie Why on earth would you think they'd apologise for anything And Rangers Have come out with their statement today About being astounded by this and that And the other Uh, You know it's only a year since They came out with a statement about a referee And said he'd underlying issues against the club For me it's an element of playing to the gantry For both Celtic and Rangers and in the midst of this There was actually a game last night We'll get to that in just a wee second Even though it wasn't the most exciting 90 minutes you'll ever see in your life But Stephen Gerrard Did speak about those charges last night we'll global deal with them And we'll obviously accept anything That's going to come our way a bit surprised by the timing of it uh, How long it's took But that's the way it is Is it a relief that there's not been Individual charges Level against Alfredo and Ryan In terms of them Possibly facing suspension is it? No, not relief, no, look. We've read what's come our way today and uh, the club will deal with it and we'll get on with it. That's the way it is. Nothing else to say on it. Stephen, see when you see about the, the timing, is it just how long it's taken? I mean, the Hips game particularly, it's almost like a month ago. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's, that's the way it is. We can't control that, so um, we'll turn up where we have to turn up and we'll listen to what we've got to listen to and we'll accept and deal with whatever comes our way. I don't know. I haven't really had time to think about it. You know, it arrived on a match day, which is always helpful and handy. Um, so we'll look into it in more detail tomorrow when we've got time. So that was Stephen Gerrard last night. Uh, as you would expect, not saying too much in the, the statement, sort of filled it in. And Fraser, back to Fraser, um, just very, very briefly on this. Where is this going to go? Well, in my job at the PFA, I speak to clubs, and it's not just Rangers and Celtic, it's clubs up and down the, the, the land, and they kind of moan and complain when it's about their club or when it's about a player at their club. And I say to them all, you are the SFA, you are the SPFL, you can change the rules. So if the clubs want to change things around, they have influence, you know, because it's a member's organisation. So the clubs, sometimes, I mean, managers will phone me and they'll moan about X, Y and Z and I say, well, go and speak to your chief executive. Your chief executive has influence in the game and try and change these things. And, and it, it, it tends to be, you know, just a, just a kind of a, a, one instant happens to their player or happens to their club and they moan about the rules and then it goes all quiet. And when it comes to the real changes through the SFA's processes and at the end of the season, then they don't do anything about it. So the clubs have that influence. And if, if any club, Rangers, Celtic, anybody at all, and the, 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 certainly in the SPFL, they have big influence, then they can change things. So it's up to them, over to them to say, no, we're not happy with this rule, we want it changed. OK, thank you very much, Fraser Wisher. What we're going to do is we'll take a wee break and then we will talk about the match. Uh, just afterwards, you're listening to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com. It's Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We are rapidly approaching three o'clock and kick-off time, so we will get back around the grounds for the, a wee update on the team news, anything else that's happening. But just quickly, uh, last night, We'll touch on the Rangers game So it wasn't the most exciting game So Roger Hanna It was um, It was a 
you know, it was, it was it was always going to be like that for Rangers. First game back after the winter break, it was a wee bit rusty, but I guess compliments have to go to Stranraer. Yeah, and, and seven changes for Stephen Gerrard, I think, from the old firm That's game, Stephen. Um, he got the match time into the legs of young players like Nathan Patterson for the first time, Kai Kennedy for the first time, Jordan Jones came back into the team, Jermaine Defogarty's goal, which will be important to him because he's he's now got a couple of games against the Northern Hearts with Morelos still suspended that, that he will be needed for. So, it, it, listen, it wasn't the greatest 90 minutes of football you will ever see, but I think Stephen Gerrard will be, be, be quietly happy with it. He's ticked, ticked all the boxes. Well, we can hear from Stephen Gerrard right now. The priority was to get in the hat for the next round. So I'm pleased about that. I'm pleased about the clean sheet. I'm pleased about the fifth win on the spin. Outside of that, I feel pretty flat. For large periods of the game, I was quite bored watching it. And I think our fans have come tonight really excited and hoping that the players can really go out and put a show on and entertain them over the course of 90 minutes. Unfortunately, we never delivered that. I think if you're outside the 11 at the moment and you're waiting patiently for an opportunity and it comes against a team that is a couple of leagues below with all due respect it's a good opportunity for people to go and show me that they're going to affect the 11 some people didn't take that opportunity tonight I was really pleased with young Nathan Patterson I thought it was a very positive home debut for a kid his age who's only really been around the first team for a short period of time everything I've, I asked of Nathan um, in Dubai uh, everything I've asked of him in the the days leading up to this game, he went out and tried to do that. Um, so I'm very pleased for him. Pleased for young Kai getting a debut as well, but I wanted to give him 30 minutes. Uh, I wanted to give him more time and, and more of a taste of it. Unfortunately, yeah, I didn't have that luxury. So I'm pleased with a few things tonight, obviously. But Mark Guidi, you're at Rugby Park for us today. Um, who didn't take their opportunity last night? Then you mentioned uh, Stephen Jarrett mentioned there. There was he wasn't impressed with everyone. Oh, it's up for Stephen uh, Gerrard to decide that. What I do like, uh, Stephen, I love the honesty of, of Stephen Gerrard's media conferences post-match. You know, he doesn't try to spin it. He doesn't try to go the, the, the party line. He's honest. And uh, he says, I was bored watching that. Players didn't uh, do enough, some of them. You know, he got into the team, disappointed. He couldn't put young Kai Kennedy on for longer, etc., etc. So, you know, I, I, he's really good that way. And you can imagine him being like that too. Uh, in the dressing room, you know, if somebody needs to be told something, they'll be told it, and that's why they're having such a, a good season so far, and, and uh, you know, doing uh, so well, five in the spin, as he said another clean sheet, although you would expect them a clean sheet as much as Rangers didn't score as many goals as we all probably thought they've still kept a clean, clean sheet with it. you know, Wes Fordham has hardly, hardly touched the ball but, uh, you know, he's probably found out a bit about one or two players uh, last night, and it was nice to see, as I said, young the young fella Nathan coming in uh, right back with James Tavernier been out for two or three weeks and uh, that would be good for the kid as well it's great to go and get that uh, sample that atmosphere of playing in front of 40,000 supporters Yeah I did I did agree with the Rangers manager uh, I was very bored uh, myself I'm just delighted that my daughter paid the £10 <laughs> and not me to watch it on TV um, what it showed me last night was and I've said it on this show about where do you strengthen the squad? I think Rangers have got a very strong squad all over. But with Morelis missing last night, the fog is off after the penalty kick. I didn't think Rangers were going to score an hour goal. I really didn't. I don't mm. think they've got a threat. I think they need a centre forward in this January window. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the, the plus point for me was Patterson. You're absolutely right in terms of uh, personnel who didn't take their chance. Brandon Barker, come on. Ojo didn't have a big impact either. Jordan Jones had a longer period, didn't really hit the ground either. It just shows the importance of Tavernier and Barisic to the actual style of play in which they play. Uh, but going back to your point, Daz, I, I think uh, Greg Stewart was would be the number three. 
Mm. Uh, I spoke to some of the coaching staff in the summer and they were saying, I said, well, you might be a bit light because you've only got two. He says, well, he can play through the middle. He's done it before. So whether they carry another striker in, t- in terms of that, I, I don't know if they'll be doing that in this window. It seems to be a peculiarity of the winter break, you know, for Rangers in particular. They came back after last year's break and started to blow the league chances at Kilmarnock uh, in their first game back. Uh, as everyone is mentioned the the Rangers manager actually used the word bored in connection with his own team so it'll be interesting to see how Celtic tonight respond to their first match back after the winter break given that the gap which existed between Rangers and Stranra uh, ought to exist between Celtic and Partick Thistle Alison Conroy is going to be there for us we'll have the team news as soon as it comes in at Firhill and we will chat a wee bit more about Rangers obviously the first team through to the last 16 draw which takes place tomorrow after the Dundee United versus Hibs game but let's go back round the grounds then and let's get to K Park and Andrew McLean is at East Kilbride versus BSC Glasgow as we've already touched on a big game for both sides just the prestige of getting into the last 16 of the Scottish Cup for either one of these teams would be fantastic yeah, the prestige of it and also the rewards that could come along with it as well. You know, I talked earlier about the fact that it could be a six-figure sum that they could get, you know, along with sort of TV money and, and gate receipts in the next round, depending on who they draw. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this game as well. You know, um, people will obviously look at it as being the, the fifth tier of, of Scottish football, but you only need to look as far as Cove Rangers, who came up from, that was obviously the Highland League. This is the, the Lowland League teams, but they came up to League 2, they're sat top of the table, they look favourites to go into League 1, you've got Kelty Hearts who are in this division as well, they've put a lot of money into their squad, the likes of Nathan Austin in their team who was playing championship football not that long ago and there's still teams in that league competing with them so you know it is a big opportunity for those two teams to you know get to that next round and with the pyramid system it shows that if they can get the money and if they can use it wisely then there is that chance for them to you know break into the SPFL is possible so a big opportunity I'm sure all the, the players are looking forward to it and the supporters that have all turned out here today as well Let's go to Paisley then Fraser Wisher is there for St Mirren versus Broxburn you didn't have the Broxburn team a wee bit earlier on and I don't think we've got it right at this very second so let's jump down uh, to Rugby Park and speak to Mark Guidi Kilmarnock versus Queen's Park Queen's Park won their opening two games under Ray McKinnon's managership so uh, they'll be coming in with a wee bit of confidence won't they? They, they, they will do Stephen yeah you're, you're absolutely right uh, I don't see Queen's Park winning this one if you're talking about shocks I, I, and I don't know if it's a, a massive shock but I agree with with Daz and I, I said in the programme Wednesday night I'd really fancy Bonnie Rigg to beat Clyde to be one of my bankers uh, for the day down here it wouldn't overly surprise me if Queen's Park make a draw and take this to a replay but over the piece you look at the, the Kelly team Stuart Finlay coming back in after injuries great news for them interested to see Harry Bunn how he performs uh, Greg Kelty um, back in uh, to Chris Burton the other wing so it's a strong team selected by, by Alex Dyer he, he's in charge but they will not find it easy uh, against Queen's Park Ray McKinnon who's just taken over uh, he certainly seems to have got a, a very quick rhythm going with this Queen's Park team Let's go to Tynecastle then. Thanks very much, Mark. Roger Hanna is there for us. Hearts versus Airdrie. All the pressure on Hearts. And Airdrie are going well in League One, though. Only two points off the top. Wraith Rovers obviously top of the league just now. But they've got some very decent players in that squad, haven't they? Yeah, they do. Gordon Diallo tell you that. They've got decent players right through the squad. You know, from, from David Hutton, an experienced goalkeeper, a couple of experienced centre-backs. And Callum Fordyce and Sean Crichton have been you know, through the leagues. And up top... 
Callum Gallagher once of Rangers and Dale Canick who of course started his career here at Hearts and will probably feel he's got a point to prove against the club that let him go so Airdrie they will fancy their chances even perhaps of taking it back uh, to the Pennycar Stadium for a replay but as you say all the pressure on Hart and all the pressure on Daniel Stendhal he's made some big decisions since the winter break out have gone people like the former club captain Christoph Berra now training with the reserves Glenn Whelan has been freed from his contract other players cast away to, to train with the reserves like Jake Mulraney Craig White and people like that so he's yet to get players in so he's relying heavily on the fit again guys Stephen Naismith the new club captain fit again John Souter the Scotland centre half fit again and in the team Connor Washington starts Northern Ireland international striker and then there's the kids Hickey Irving Henderson Moore as Hugh even said at the top of the show, it's either inspired or it's um, it's a gamble that will backfire against Daniel Stendhal. But the atmosphere is beginning to build. I think the Hearts support believe Stendhal is taking the club in the correct direction. They just desperately need a result, Stephen. One team who have made a signing already are Aberdeen. They are at home to Dumbarton today and Dave Galloway is there for us. Dylan McGeoch already in. Matty Kennedy has signed on a pre-contract. I know there was some chat about trying to get him in at this window, but it doesn't really look like that's going to happen. Uh, so it's uh, all about getting new bodies in, I guess, for Derek McInnes. Refresh his squad. Yes, absolutely. And the signing of uh, McGeoch, he's a, a man that Derek McInnes has been after for quite some time, Stephen. It looks a, a really shrewd piece of business. The whole from Aberdeen is that he can uh, recapture the form that set the Premiership alight at times when he was with Hibs. I remember one particular game when Hibs swept Aberdeen uh, away at Easter Road and McGeoch was absolutely magnificent that day. Pulled all the strings in midfield. So if he can get back to what he was, he's had problems at Sunderland. He's getting a fresh start at Aberdeen. If he can recapture that form, he will be a great uh, piece of business. Obviously, it would be a, a massive upset if Dumbarton uh, could beat Aberdeen here. Stephen, something incidentally that hasn't happened for, and I've checked my record books, a hundred years. <laughs> That's quite the start, quite the start. Uh, I remember it well, it was a day like today. <laughs> uh, Dave Galloway and I were in the red shed. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you very much, Dave. Let's get over to Paisley then, and Fraser Wisher is there for us St Mirren versus Broxburn. We were talking about East Kilbride and BSE, but Broxburn are the level below that. They are the East of Scotland Premier League I think they're about fourth in the league they're quite a distance behind Bonus. they seem to be running away with it and I guess this is just this is, a, this is their cup final I know it's a cliche but you know their fans are there to enjoy it aren't they? Oh, absolutely it's terrific and the stand to my right the away stand it's not often full here at St Mirren unless the, the bigger teams come and, and it's going to be full and the fans are singing and uh, getting right behind their team already you know so I, th I think Stephen Hislop the assistant manager said earlier was talking about maybe being the Alamo so they'll expect St Mirren to be on top and have, have most of the ball but they'll set up to frustrate St Mirren and try and get the first 20-25 minutes try and frustrate them and it's really up to how St Mirren play if they start well play a high tempo or put Broxburn under pressure then they win comfortably if they don't they might just give the Broxburn team some hope I think for St Mirren supporters coming along they'll be really interested in the, their new signings Conor McCarthy and um, Akin Famewo are playing at centre back because Sean McLaughlin of course left he was on loan for the first half of the season so those two how are they going to combine as well so they've just signed as well and Jimmy McGrath the other Irish lad who's signed a permanent contract along with Conor McCarthy he's on the bench so I think there's plenty here for St Mirren supporters to actually look at and they'll be expecting a few goals at their end and I do expect them to win by three or four goals I think it'll be a comfortable day for someone are we expecting any shocks in the cup today I know Alex you said earlier on that you felt one in your waterworks a wee bit earlier yes but I'm, I'm, I've got two actually I think Airdrie could potentially get something that hearts and I'm also going for Edinburgh 
I know Daz is blowing oh. all <laughs> Take the rest of the day off um, I, I do agree that Airdrie If they get the first goal You just agreed with me No, no I'm going to disagree with you in a minute Don't worry about that um, I do agree with Alex If Airdrie get the first goal It could be a shock A replay But I do honestly think Clyde could be in for a tough afternoon We have overlooked one, you know Go on St Johnston versus Morton Morton have had a couple of good results on the road Mm. Uh, in recent weeks and you know you could hardly make a case out for St Johnston being uh, overwhelming favourites their form of this season has been unimpressive so who do you fancy a winner uh, Hugh? maybe the mighty Ton might be the, the result are you going to tip Ton? <laughs> I'll go for that ok <sighs> I like it Shooking I like it bowie, yeah, that's what it is. I, I actually was that Morton versus Dunfermline last week as was Andrew McLean he was there for Super Scoreboard were you impressed with Morton last week? Uh, I was indeed actually. It was uh, an interesting game, but uh, you know they they went behind early on against Dunfermline, but they battled back well. The conditions weren't great at all in that game, but you know they they battled through. It was three headers they scored to win that game. It, it wasn't the prettiest game I've ever seen in my life, but they did show those sort of battling qualities to to get through and get all three points. Andrew, remember these words. I am a football expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean that's you burned Andrew absolutely burned savage from Hugh Evans there right thanks very much Andrew right we'll get uh, the guys Akers in the studio we'll do that in just a few minutes time but the talking is over and kick off on Clyde One Super Scoreboard is next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors the compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined talk to thompsons.com and we have our first full time so let's go over to Rugby Park and speak to Mark Weedy. Full time, Kilmarnock 6, Queen's Park, nil, and a terrific victory for Alex Dyer in his first game in charge as the Killing manager until the end of the season. They will be in the hat tomorrow night for the last 16 of the William Hill Scottish Cup. It was wrapped up by half time and they just added another, by, by scoring three goals and they added another three in the second half. Three assists by Chris Buck in the first half, the first one in the ninth minute. Free kick into the box. There was Alex Bruce to head home from at seven yards. Second goal in the 26th minute. Beautiful header. Ten yards out from Stuart Finlay, the comeback central defender. And he put it past the Queen's Park goalkeeper, William Muir. Finlay scored again. 44th minute corner kick from Burke. And there was a downward header from seven yards out. After the break, Greg Keltig, the comeback man from Dunfermline. He scored a beautifully placed right foot shot from ten yards to make it 4-0. And then it was 5-0 in the 89th minute. The substitute on loan from Hartlepool, Nicky Kabamba, uh, inside the six-yard box from a corner kick. And he put it past uh, Muir. And then in stoppage time, the young uh, substitute defender, Connor Johnson, again, another corner kick, five out of six goals coming from corner kicks. And he managed to get a flick to put it past William Muir. Convincing win by Al- for Alex Dyer's men. And they also played some interactive football back to the days when Steve Clark had them playing terrific stuff from middle to front. Quick, incisive passing, good movement, good victory. Final score, Rugby Park, Kilmarnock 6, Queen's Park 0. Thank you very much, Mark. I'm going to put you on the spot here as well. Do you know the last time Kilmarnock scored six goals? 
No, he doesn't because he's away. No, I don't. No, you'll tell With one-stop roofing supplies. <laughs> Just a quick update. It is 3-0 to St Mirren now. Another late goal for them. Sorry, Marguerite, I cut you off there. No, and I don't know the last time. I forgot to say super scoreboard man of the match. Chris Buck, for sure. Thank you very much. Right, we're getting full times coming in uh, across the country now. So that's our first one. Kilmarnock 6, Queen's Park. Now, we're still going in our other games. I'll spin through the latest scores as they stand. Aberdeen 1, Dumbarton 0, Allo Athletic 2, Two, Inverness three. Our Broth versus Falkirk is still nil, and it's nil nil at uh, Our Broth versus Falkirk, and it's full time at Tynecastle. So let's go and speak to Roger Hanna. It's full time indeed. Half five. Adrian Allah first victory of Daniel Stendel's regime, and it was easy for the Jambos in the second half as they really tore apart the League One visitors to book a place in tomorrow's last 16 draw. They led from the seventh minute. A smart short corner routine involving new captain Stephen A. Smith. He fed the ball to Andy Irving, who squeezed in an angled drive from wide on the right past the Diamonds goalkeeper David Hutton. It should have been 2 0 after 12 minutes. John Suter fit again, but side footing wide from six yards when he shoots have hit the target. A couple of injury problems for Stendhal in the first half. He lost Aaron Hickey after 27 minutes, limping off to be replaced by Ben Garuccio. He then lost midfielder Michael Smith just four minutes from half-time to be replaced by Oli Buzanic. Hearts were desperate to get a second goal. the ball in the net after 51 minutes through Naismith, but he was deemed offside, but they had to wait only three more minutes for the second goal. A break down the left-hand side, the initial effort blocked, and there was Sean Clare up from right-back with a tremendous right-foot volley. Hutton didn't even move to the ball. Three minutes later, Hutton beaten again a great run down the left-hand side by young Ewan Henderson. He crossed from the byline and it was a tap-in for Naismith for three. Here they had the best chance from substitute Craig Thompson in the short save for Joe Pereira, but they found themselves four behind after 72 minutes. Naismith, this time the creator for young Henderson, his first goal for Hearts for the 19-year-old winger. There was still time for a fifth in injury time. Irving's corner on the right bundled home from close range by Craig Halkett. A real morale-boosting win for Stendhal and for the Jambos fans ahead of a tricky week. Dingwall on Wednesday night. Rangers coming here next Sunday. Super scoreboard man of the match. One goal, two assists. The new captain's armband has to be Stephen Naismith. Hearts 5, Adrian Hill. Top stuff from Roger Hanna. Let's go over to Paisley and find out the story of the match between St Mirren and Broxburn. Fraser Wisher. It finished here, St Mirren 3, Broxburn Athletic 0, the Broxburn players taking the applause from the supporters to my right and it's well deserved for a, an excellent performance, mainly defensive, mainly on the back foot but they deserve all the credit in the world because although Saints are through, as a game when they're on hiding to nothing, they could have and should have scored more but really credit Broxburn who defended well before tiring in the second half, Saints as expected completely dominated the match in the first half with a couple and half chances, Marias and Rubica combined well, Marias' low cross Obika full stretch got a touch on it he should have actually put the ball in the back of the net or even left it to Ilkay Durmas who was coming in at the back post but the ball went wide Obika then headed a Waters cross inches wide but for all the possession they couldn't get that going credit to the Broxburn back five the second half was all the same direction it was all flowing towards the Broxburn goal but it's far more chances for St Mirren in the second half Flynn Burt a really good save from keeper Connor Wallace low to his left before Durmas shot flashed just wide with the keeper beaten from a Marias cross then the opener came in 54 minutes slightly fortunate Callum Waters left back drove into the box, his low left foot shot hit defender Grant Gavin and then ricocheted off Obika and into the back of the net, the striker knew very little about it, Marias then had a shot tipped over before Ross Nimmo had Brockburn's best effort to go from distance, 25 yards shot hit it well but it was straight at Halarkey, then it was back to Saints attacking, the keeper Walls producing a series of really really good saves to keep it at 1-0, he tipped over a Marias shot over the bar then, he produced a brilliant save to push away Danny Mullen, the subs 
volley to his left hand side, he then stopped McGrath low down to his right and then a wonder save, full stretch to tip another McGrath shot wide and then he denied Tony Andrew from close range with 12 yards, he blocked it to his right hand side, McGrath who was on as a sub and looked very impressive in the wing, hit the post from 20 yards and Wallace again saved from an Obika header from the rebound but 89 minutes Saints did get their second, Danny Mullen finally beat the big keeper with a 20 yard shot that was low into the left hand corner, there's still time and stoppage time for Obika to score the third, Mullen drove down the left hand side, low, drove his cross across the face of goal and Obika scored with a diving header, 1600 Broxburn fans I said have enjoyed their day, their team did well but it Saints are in the fifth round draw and my super scoreboard man in the match can't be anybody else other than the Broxburn keeper Connor Wallace for producing so many really really good saves in the second half. Full time here, St Mirren 3, Broxburn Athletic nil. The Saints are through to the last 16 draw and so are Aberdeen but they left it very late didn't they Dave Galloway? Indeed they certainly uh, did. Um, Aberdeen 1, Dumbarton nil is how it's ended here. The Dons with about 70% possession in a goalless first half. Suns keeper Brennan though made his first save after 16 minutes from McGeoch's low shot. Cosgrove's header went just off target after McGinn set him up with a free kick then Taylor headed narrow over following a corner at the other end Crossan tried his luck for Dumbarton but his long range shot flew well over the bar back to the other end a normal service was resumed Anderson really should have scored for the hosts only to blast over from 10 yards after the ball fell for him in a busy box it was as you were after the break and McGinn continued to supply the ammunition Cosgrove was close with a, a header Taylor couldn't keep his close range header down and Crawford shot over from just a few yards out. Brennan did well to save McGeoch's drive from distance with Anderson hitting the rebound wide and also pulled off a really good save to deny Anderson after Ojo's knockdown. McGinn created space on the edge of the box his curling effort was just past the post as Aberdeen kept up the pressure and really tried to turn the screw then just when a replay looked pretty much certain, Cosgrove went down in the box under Kitongo's challenge that was in 86 minutes Cosgrove duly dusted himself down and sent the keeper the wrong way with his spot kick. It really should have been 2-0 on 89 minutes. Anderson once again missing, heading McGinn's corner over from close range. It's ended Aberdeen 1, Dumbarton 0. My Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard man of the match has to be now McGinn. He was at the heart of so much that Aberdeen did today. Thank you very much, Dave Galloway. Last but by no means least, we will cross to K Park and the meeting of the two Lowland League sides. It was East Kilbride versus BC, BS, BSC Glasgow. I nearly said BSC there. Andrew McLean was there for us. East Kilbride 1, BSC Glasgow 3, the full-time score from K Park. And it's a monumental moment for the away side as they reach the last 16 of the Scottish Cup for the first time less than six years after they were formed. They were straight out of the blocks just a minute in when the ball was played over the East Kilbride defence. Thomas Collins ran onto it and finished it low with his right foot for 1-0. 20 minutes in and they doubled that lead. Declan Hughes, he floated in a free kick from deep into the box. Jamie McCormick rose high and headed it over the goalkeeper and into the back of the net. They had a few other chances in that half and they were dominating and they made it count again just before half time, the ball fell to Martin Green at the edge of the box, left footed a low effort curled into the bottom corner for a convincing lead going into the break, East Kilbride then made two changes at half time and looked a better side after that, Craig Malcolm he smashed one off the underside of the bar around an hour in, the fans behind the goal claiming it crossed the line when it bounced down but referee Callum Scott 
said no to that. BSC keeper Ryan Marshall also had to make a great save to deny Kieran McGrath after that. They finally did get a goal, which turned out to be a consolation in the end. They won a penalty for a foul on Graham Holmes. Craig Malcolm, the captain, stepped up to take it high into the top corner for 3-1. BSC Glasgow in the hat for the next round. What an accomplishment that is for the Lowland League side. The full-time score here at K Park is East Cove Ride 1, BSC Glasgow 3. And my super scoreboard man of the match will go for Martin Green. He grabbed a vital goal just before half-time and he looked a real handful throughout this game. Top man, Andrew, thank you very much. So that is all our featured games completed. I'll round up the full-time scores and it's time for you to have your say. Our number is 01419511025. The open line is next as Clyde One Super Scoreboard continues and we'll build up to Partick Thistle versus Celtic after this break. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to thompsons.com. Welcome back to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan. I am joined in the studio by Alex Ray, Gordon DL and Hugh Keevans. Let me run through the full-time scores in Scotland this afternoon. Though Aberdeen 1, Dumbarton 0, Aloe Athletic 2, Inverness Caledonian Thistle 3, Arbroath 0, Falkirk 0, Air United 1, Ross County 0, Bonnie Rig Rose 0, Clyde 1, East Kilbride 1, BSC Glasgow 3, Hamilton Ackies 5, Edinburgh City 0, Heart of Midlothian 5 Erdrionians 0 Kilmarnock 6 Queen's Park 0 Livingston 1 Wraith Rovers uh, Livingston 3 I should say Wraith Rovers 1 Latest score up in Perth Is St Johnson 3 Morton 0 That is due to a floodlight failure A little bit earlier on There's still 10 minutes left there And finally St Mirren 3 Broxburn Athletic 0 Right We are building up to the big game At Firhill It's a Glasgow derby It's Partick Thistle Against Celtic And Alison Conroy Is there for us Let's have a wee Reminder of the teams, Alison. It is four changes for Partick Thistle from that defeat to Dundee United a week ago. Scott Fox in goal will be back. Five of Tommy Robson, Stephen Saunders, Tam Weir, Sean McGinty and James Penrise. Then it'll be Darian McKinnon with Rhys Cole just in front of them in midfield. The two strikers of Zach Rudden and Kenny Miller on the bench for Thistle. Sneddon, Cardle, Jones, Harkins, Slater, Zanata and Austin for Celtic, Fraser Forster in goal, a back four of Jeremy Frimpong, near beat on Chris Julian and Greg Taylor. In the midfield, it would be a diamond formation. Scott Brown, Olivia and Cham, Cal McGregor and Tom Rogic with the two strikers of Odson Edward and Lee Griffiths. On the bench for Celtic, Gordon, Simonovic, Klamala, Bauer, Arzani, Hayes and Bolingoli. Your referee at Hill is Alan Muir. Now, Lee Griffiths with a, a rare start this season. The suggestion, I'm just trying to confirm at the moment that he's actually scored more goals against Partick Thistle than any other Scottish team. That's a very good start if that's correct. We'll get that checked out for you Alison. If you're a Celtic fan, we want to hear from you. 01419511025 What do you make of that starting lineup? Lee Griffiths back in and Neil Lennon was speaking during the week that he's, he's trained very well and uh, you know, this is last chance saloon really for Lee Griffiths, isn't for, it? For me, uh, he says that he doesn't want him to go anywhere soon Hugh, yeah. which suggests he's very much part of the plan it's an opportunity for Lee to get up and run in the second part of the season because he has been off the pace mm. for a long while now and it's important that he kick-starts his career again here. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you two guys something you, you know for yourselves that you know it's not the case that Lee Griffiths can overnight be transformed into the guy who scored over 100 goals for Celtic but he can show tonight that he is capable of becoming that player again. This is the start of the road back 
Not the end of the road The start of the road back for Lee Griffiths Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what he brings to the table tonight, Hugh um, He's missed a lot of football But the one thing the lad has got He's got bags of ability And he can score goals uh, We have criticised his fitness um, I watched him come on a few times And he looked right off the pace I think going over to Dubai Probably working with uh, the fitness coaches uh, Getting a real bit of fitness under his belt And it's a great opportunity for him tonight And the fact is The good thing for Griffiths tonight I think is He's playing with a, a, a strike partner He's playing with Edward up front It's not a lone role He doesn't need to do all the work himself He can save it for what he really does best Round about the box Getting on the end of things Scoring goals I'll be interested to see how he performs tonight I totally agree with Neil Lennon If I had someone like Griffiths in my squad There's absolutely no way From now until the end of the season Would I let him go out and loan I think if you can get him right He can play a big part for Celtic We're also wanting to hear from If you're coming back Maybe from the St Mirren game 3-0 winners against Broxburn In the end I know they put up a bit of a Defensive wall for most of that game As we were hearing from Fraser Wisher Happy Kilmarnock fans as well 6-0 against Queen's Park You can give us a call It's 0141 951 1025 And just like Ben has He is a St Mirren fan And uh, you on the way back for the game Ben? Yes, I am. I'm just the car. Right? But, um, I just really wanted to give a lot of credit to the Broxburn fans today because they took a massive away support. 1,000 filled their way in. Got noisy all game, really, um, with having absolutely nothing to cheer about. Uh, they, they only had a couple of free kicks, and um, it was one way traffic, which I can't really say that very often being a Sunderland fan, but it was. Uh, uh, it was uh, all credit to them because uh, I didn't, I didn't couldn't believe that a junior side would bring such a, an amazing support. Did you have any worries throughout the game? Fraser Wisher was saying that it was pretty much one-way traffic and I know you've said it as well. Um, did Broxburn worry you at any point? No, I mean, really, they, they hardly got across the halfway line. Um, it was really just us pinned outside the box, just trying to thread the ball through or get crosses in. Um, and the two late goals kind of put a better shine on the scoreline. But, uh, yeah, they, they, did, they defended really well and the keeper had a, a great game. Um, but... Um, you know, we, we at least we got to see a few of you guys today. Um, that was quite good. The defence strolled through it, although they weren't tested. And, and uh, you know, the new, new Jamie McGrath came on and had a few nice touches. So, yeah, it was a decent, decent day. Um, hopefully we're saving our shoot boots for Wednesday at Ibrox because uh, we certainly didn't have them on today. In terms of who you want in the next round, who are you fancying? Anyone? Oh, home, home draw, home draw. Um, I guess we can't get bought now because they're out today, aren't they? After Johnson, so. Um, <laughs> but a, a home, a home draw um, would be it would be good. Obviously, you want your ball to avoid the old farmer if you can. Thank you very much Ben Here's a St Mirren fan On the way back We want to hear from Everyone who is On their way back From a game Give us your thoughts 0141 951 1025 We are building up To Partick Thistle Versus Celtic uh, A wee bit more About that Celtic lineup. So Griffiths Up front Rogic we reckon uh, Between Gordon DL And Alex Ray Playing in the Playing in the hose A sort of diamond Just behind the yes. front two Do you reckon Tom Rogic has Not really figured Too much this season He's Because Christie's form Has just been so good I guess Um so it's you know Rogic is is going to want to take his chance. The one thing about um, I've said, oh, since last year, I thought he was the best midfield player in Scotland. At uh, that time, I really believed that. Uh, he's had a few injuries, went off the boil a little bit. The one thing about Tom Rogic is he's a big game player. 
But he has to now prove that to the Celtic supporters because there are a few doubters out there. Obviously lost that position to, to Ryan Christie, who's been absolutely brilliant in that position. But it's up to him now. Like Griffiths, it's a big game for him tonight as well. They're back from Dubai. Um, you know, the season's kicking off tonight with the Scottish Cup and then the league campaign kicks on on Wednesday. He has got to finish this season strong. So it's a great opportunity. He is a quality player, but he's got to keep proving it. We'll also hear, sorry, just the button there, we will be hearing from uh, Stephen Robinson before we go at six o'clock as well because we are keeping one eye on Dundee versus Motherwell a little later on. Uh, Alex, you want to come in there? I was just saying, I was just about to say to Daz there that, you know, obviously Roggies, two goals this year. It's not a great return, stop, start, but he is playing the kind of substitute appearance to uh, Ryan Christie. Christie is one of the standout players of this season. And this would be a cameo for Rogic tonight because Christie will most certainly play from now on. Into yeah, but if you, if you look back, I know what you're saying and Ryan Christie deserves to be in there because his form's been brilliant, Alec. But if you look back throughout the years, Tom Rogic, the amount of big games and important goals he's come up with is incredible. Yes, he's been off the boil. I'm not arguing with that. Uh, he's had injuries. He's been plagued with injuries as well. It's not helped. But the one thing you know about him is and I still believe this, he has real quality, but he has to start producing it. In the last year, obviously, because remember we spoke last year, after the winter break, he came back and he, he just couldn't get back up to speed. He's uh-huh. actually scored three goals yeah. in, in a year for Celtic. And I take your point on board, how prolific he was prior to that. The emergence of Christie has just blew him out of the water. The one thing that my eye falls upon, Stephen, is Fraser Forster and goal. None of this old malarkey about Rotation. Craig Gordon, he's the cup goalkeeper and all of that. This is Neil Lennon's way of saying, no, 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 no. We want 32 wins in a row. We want to see if we can possibly win this quadruple treble. Uh, this is serious time. No cup goalkeepers, no rotation. Uh, so it's Fraser Forster who has been outstanding. With for the Celtic. players available, Hugh. Um, sorry, I've not I've not had a chance to look at the bench, but the players available to Neil Lennon, would you say just now this is his strongest side? He's um, putting out. Well, some would argue available that, players available to. Well, Bolingoli is available. He's just not chosen. Uh, but you're replacing him with a three million. Yeah, is it an opportunity? Because Bolingoli in the last game against Rangers, you've got to say come in for a lot of criticism. The boy does all the time. I feel for him. He's a whipping boy. Yeah. I had a real poor game against Rangers and so did a lot of the Celtic players to uh-huh. be fair but I think he's looked at Greg Taylor we've brought him in for 3 million knows uh-huh. the Scottish game we'll give him an opportunity but yeah. if you look at the rest of the team and look at yeah, well I've not seen the subs but the players available the subs does Beaton Beaton would not have played I subs have are played. Gordon, Simunovic, Bauer, Hayes, Bolingoli, Arzani and uh, Kamala. Well, Simunovic uh, coming back from injury, you would probably say he would be the number one centre half rather than beat on. Yep. But I think just looking at that squad, what he's got available just now, I think that looks his strongest team. Would James Forrest be rested but, as or would he be... No, he's injured. Is he's he injured, injured, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah uh, what I'm saying, I available Yeah, I understand, yeah, I'm just kind of, there, there's a few, you've also got... Uh, uh, Elianusi yeah. obviously still injured but these guys will come very much into the fold when they're fit Elianusi El- El- will be back by the end of the month Neil Lennon said uh, I, I just think the whole thing demonstrates his uh, serious intent no messing around yeah. get the job done get into the draw I- and remember that Kilmarnock takes us back 
to the, the point that I made at the start of the season I think it's a good idea Hugh sorry if I, I thought you were finished there but I think it's a good idea playing your strongest team right away yeah. I, I think that Rangers last night yeah they get through 2-0 remember these guys have had over two weeks off football now three weeks you've got to try and get them up to speed with match play and everyone that's played the game will tell you you can train 24 hours a day if you want playing the game is completely different you know that Alec you're blown after 10-15 minutes no matter how much you've trained and that's why I was quite surprised that Steven Gerrard didn't play Morey's big game uh, guns last night mm. I think looking at Celtic Neil Lennon's decided I want to try and get these up to speed as quick as I possibly can 0141 at 951 1025 is the number if you're a Celtic fan and uh, what do you make of this starting lineup? as we've said it is pretty strong uh, I'll just run through it again for you it's Forster Fringpong Julian Beaton Taylor uh, Brown and Cham McGregor Rogic Griffiths and Edward and then Gordon Simunovic Bauer Hayes Bolingoli Arzani and Kamal on the bench and I'll also give you the Thistle lineup while we're at it it's Fox Penrice O'Ware McGinty Bannigan Kenny Miller Reese Cole Robson McKinnon Rudden and Saunders and then Sneddon Cardell Jones, Harkin, Slater, Zanata and Austin on the bench. So the number is 0141-951-1025 is the open line and we are building up to Partick Thistle versus Celtic. We also have Charlie on the line who's a Rangers fan. He was there last night and Charlie, you weren't very impressed with what you saw. Now you're right, wasn't it? I'll tell you. See the end of the day, see uh, Stephen Gerrard gave the players a chance last night and um, I said this before what he said after the match. The ones that was got a chance should no longer be there. Should be out the door. I maybe quote uh, Hughes saying uh, Deadwood uh, because uh, last night I couldn't. Yeah, I never even celebrated the first goal. Tell you the truth, because uh, it wasn't even worth celebrating the way they were playing. Uh, a team like that, we should have wiped the flare with them. Uh, absolutely. I couldn't believe I was sitting watching. I felt as if I was sitting watching Rangers way back in 2016 when we were just trying to get ourselves our act, act together again. Uh, Charlie, you're saying players out the door. Who, who are you talking about? Who, well, a lot of them wanted to go their chance last night. Uh, every single one of them? No, no. They wanted to go their chance last night. Mm-hmm. The right. young right back want... obviously played, I thought, played very well. I thought for... The, young, the best player in the park was number 63, the young guy. Nathan Parson, yeah. Yeah, the yes. right back, yeah. Yes, he was the best player on the part, the young boy. Mm-hmm. He, he played his heart out. Um, that resting him. Um, weren't they on their game at all? Even the so-called better players, they weren't on their game. Charlie, uh, uh, Charlie, I'm just looking at the team just now. So you're talking about guys like George Edmondson, he came in last night. Right. And uh, you've got Jordan Jones, we're not impressed with either of them. I guess Edmondson wouldn't have had that much dis- to do. I was very disappointed with Jordan Jones. I've always been like a fan of his, and the thing was, when he when he played for Kamanic, he was a good, good, really good player. When he came to play for us, he played well. I even put him on the same kind of pedestal as um, uh, Kent. I thought he was some similar kind of player. But see, when I seen him last night, I thought, what kind of players he knew? And he got took half, as you know. He got took half. Uh, Gerard was thinking the exact same as myself. Uh, substitutes. Didn't come to nothing either. The guy we've got, that guy we've got for Liverpool and Lord, uh, he's 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 done nothing. Snake Rangers. I'll uh, tell you another one. I think that uh, it's only my opinion is struggling a little bit as uh, Barker. Barker yeah. I, I, he's not filling me with confidence, and I watched him coming on last night. It's hard coming on to games. We understand that, but. Uh, 
Um, he's not filling me with the confidence that I thought that he could bring to, to Rangers. I'd, uh, he's got bags of pace, doesn't seem to use it. Ojo has seemed to... Uh, you Flat know, to deceive. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what's up with the boy. He looks like he's got good ability, uh, Alec, but he just doesn't produce it. Yeah, I think part of the problem is they're not getting enough game time either. You know, it's very easy to cast aspersions about Jones. I thought he was poor on the night, but he, I think he's almost been out for four months. It's his first game back. And part of the problem with Jones is the way that Rangers play, the wide guys here of the front three come in narrow. Uh-huh. Whenever I've seen Jordan Jones at his best, he's always searching, playing out wide, driving it by a, a fullback, a right back. And I think that's what he's most effective. Think subconsciously, people took. Their eye off the ball It's too rare you know, It'll happen anyway No but the th- you have to uh, Give them a little bit of credit Because all they did was defend They get 10 men behind the ball And it's very difficult Because what happens is You end up taking more touches It allows them to recover And it ends up becoming a pure chore I've, I was at the game last night as well Covering it And I thought it was Really It was pedestrian at times There was no call. And we See, actually, go the, actually, go the other That's way see if you look at the goals mm. The first one's for a set play and then the second one's a penalty. So within 90 minutes, they haven't carved them open. You know, what we all expected to here's happen. Where my, here's where my, uh, I look differently at that. Now, you're saying there it's hard, the changes, Jordan Jones. You've been given, you've been sitting there watching Rangers play the way they've been playing under Steven Gerrard. He's kept most of the same team unless it's yep. an injury or a suspension. You get your opportunity last night. Now, me as a player, I would have been trying everything possible to get into the head of the manager to say I could be a first choice pick here one of the best players last night is movement the oldest guy in the pitch Defoe yep. why Why are they not looking at the examples of Defoe and saying that's the way I want to be yeah you- the, for me, as I said the problem that Jones had is, is he's been coming in the park to where all the traffic is he needs space to go and drive and get 1v1s it's not his game technically in and about with bodies about him. James from Drum Chapel is also a Rangers fan. Uh, what were your thoughts on last night very quickly? We get the job done. Simple. It was a hard game to come back to. It's from our kick to the the park. How Jamie Hamill, if that's his name, Jamie Hamill, yeah. the guy that assaulted Thingy, uh, was it Halliday? Yeah. How, he, how, how that boy stayed in the park, I'll never know. But that other call was just on there. Slating Jordan Jones That's his first game back After injury For goodness sake Give the boy a chance man To get back match fit And then see what the boy can do I'm told he got himself injured He was actually looking A player for us He's also slating by George Edmiston What the guy that actually Just what, breezed through the game last night That's him out the door as well no, I don't think I don't think uh, uh, the Rangers fan was actually saying that. You, you, was, uh, you were saying that the uh, Stephen you says oh Edmondson came into the team as Jones. I don't think the Rangers fan yeah. was saying Edmondson. Edmondson done nothing oh, wrong had, at all. Sorry, no, 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 no. Because the listen, the big man could have had a deck chair last night because it was nothing to compete against. Ryan Stevenson tried his best. The service up to Stevenson was desperate. And Katic and Edmondson just had a, you know, the, the you, breeze through would, the game. Would you have described Sunrar as kicking Rangers off the no, ball? No, I'm sorry, I no, think I'm they were very committed. Now, you have to put it in context as well. When you are playing at the level that Rangers are technically very good and you're kind of charging about trying to kind of get a touch of the ball and all you're doing is chasing shadows all night, it's very difficult and occasionally you're playing at the odd tackle and we've all been there. So, listen, they were doing what they were trying to do. You're yeah, playing against the a team that's a lot sharper, Alec, and, and you can get there and sometimes you get caught, you're you're late with it. I don't believe that nonsense about Sunra kicked Rangers, they were trying to kick them off the park. I don't believe that. I think you've got to give a bit of credit to Sunra, but 
I still believe at Ibrox in front of 38, 39,000 supporters with the team that he put out should still beat no disrespect Sunrah more than 2 0. And I do agree with the manager, he's spot on. It was a boring game. Thank you very much to James and Charlie. The open line is open. 0141951125 is the number. We will go head back to Furhill next and soak up the atmosphere ahead of Partick Thistle versus Celtic as Clyde One Super Scoreboard continues. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Welcome back to the show. It is Scottish Cup, a fourth round day. No shocks in the three o'clock kickoffs. Uh, will there be a shock at for Hill though it's Partick Thistle against Celtic and let's go over to Alison Conroy how's the atmosphere shaping up I'm gathering mostly Celtic fans and not very many Partick Thistle fans that's what I'm hearing yeah all the Partick Thistle fans have been moved across to the Colin Weir stand for this plenty of uh, empty seats in that stand as well where the Celtic fans have um, piled into the Jackie Husband stand where the press are also sitting and of course the stand behind the goal as well. So yep, majority of the crowd here at Celtic fans. Celtic of course kicking off this latest Scottish Cup the title defence here at Fir Hill. Just waiting on the teams to emerge from the tunnel. I'll recap the teams for you. Scott Fox and goal for Thistle. A back five of Tony Robson, Stephen Saunders, Tam Weir, Sean McGinty and James Penrice. Then it'll be Darian McKinnon and Stuart Barrigan with Reese Cole sitting just in front of them in the midfield with the front two of Zach Rudden and Kenny Miller. First Celtic, Fraser Forster in goal. A back four of Jeremy Frimpong, Near Beaton, Chris Julian and Greg Taylor. And in the midfield will be Scott Brown, Olivia and Cham, Tom Rogic and Callum McGregor up top for Celtic tonight. Two up top for Celtic, which is a, a rarity at times. It will be Odson, Edward and Lee Griffiths. And your referee for this half past five kickoff in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup is Alan Muir. Thank you very much, Alison. Enjoy the game. Uh, we will keep you right up to date here on Clyde One Super Scoreboard number one for Glasgow in the West for football. It's Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan. I'm in the studio with Alex Ray, Gordon TL, and Hugh Keevans. Are we are we expecting an upset? No, I think I think my I, I went for a comfortable Celtic win. Yeah, uh, I mean anything other than a Celtic win is the most dramatic happening of the day, without question. The most dramatic happening of the weekend, uh, and uh, a real bad blow. But you look at the Celtic side. I know that everything is not simply about money, but this is a Celtic side that costs thirty million pounds to put together. Uh, people like Fraser Forster would cost a fortune if you could get him on a permanent deal from Southampton. They have the ability, they have the individual ability, the collective ability uh, to win comprehensively. They should, and I think they will. I'm with you, Hugh. I can't see any upset whatsoever. Um, I think it's all about making a few quid for Partick Thistle. I like the look of Celtic team. I like the way they're lining up. They've got uh, middle of the park, great quality in there. Their width will come from two willing fullbacks, Frimpong and Taylor. They'll go down the flanks. Brown will just sit there and control middle of the park. And obviously, when you've got two strikers like Edward and Griffiths, then. I think they're a certainty and I think they will win about three or four this after, uh, tonight. We'll keep you right up to date for Partick Thistle versus Celtic. There's also another game a little bit later on as well. It's Dundee versus Motherwell and we can hear from Stephen Robinson now. For the last three weeks we've, we've been away in Tenerife. We've trained really hard. Um, we, we've come back this week and we with a game against Hibs, a bounce game behind closed doors on Tuesday which sharpened everybody up, sharpened uh, minds and 
excuse me, players. Um, and I, I feel we're ready to go. You know, we, we did make changes to what we done when we came back against Ross County. It's difficult because uh, the championship teams, they're right up there, Dundee are right up there, Ross County were top of the league at the time and they continue to play games. So it's important that we come back really sharp and we've learned our lesson from that, so we'll be ready to go. So that is a 20 past seven kickoff and we have Alec, Motherwell fan on the line. No, he's just dropped off, so we'll go to our Motherwell fan in the studio, uh, yeah. which is Gordon DL. So it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a tough game. Dundee have been up and down this season, but they've got a lot of quality in that squad, Dundee, don't they? Um, yeah, but I think they're struggling a little bit. I think Dundee need a real positive performance uh, tonight. But I've been watching Motherwell train. They trained indoors uh, this week because of the the weather. Uh, they look very sharp. They'll got their professional performance. I just think they'll have too much pace and ability. And I think we will be in the next round of the cup. And really looking forward to see who we get in the draw. Alec is on the line now. How you doing, Alec? You're on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Are you heading up to the match? No, no, I'm a taxi driver, Saturday night, can I take a Saturday night off? Uh, the matter nice the way in there, nice way in there, Alec. Yeah, the victims of uh, television matches. Uh, so later, mate. <laughs> what, are you think, <laughs> what are you thinking ahead of the match though, Alec? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm spitting at the dummy here, but I'm a bit peeved that there's one of the games Alec been mentioned all day today. I know the games has been on all day and then the Celtic and Partick game, but I'm actually quite surprised that nobody's even mentioned Muller and Dundee tonight. <coughs> well, this is your chance, Alec. On you go. Oh no! So I was just—that was all. It was fun. I didn't have any particular point. I think I just. Do you think you won, Alec? Do you think you get a result up at Dundee? Ah, I need bother, I. <laughs> Typical taxi driver from Motherwell. They'll be looking for <laughs> well, a tip. They'll be looking for a tip every time they drop me off. Now I think it's people's failure to understand how. Yeah, the business course, the timing works. of it all. We've got to deal with the issues that are immediate, and we're talking about. Could St Mirren avoid embarrassment against an Easter Scotland team? Could Hearts get a win under Daniel Stendhal? How would Aberdeen fare against Dumbarton? And then as the day progresses and Aberdeen are not faring very well against Dumbarton, you focus on that. Hearts score five goals under Daniel Stendhal. You talk about that. You talk about things that are immediate. I did mention during the, the programme that it was a big day for James McPake because Dundee are hovering on the brink of not being in the promotion playoff places. So it was a, a big day for James McPaik, but also making the point that Motherwell are third in the league and could present a very formidable hurdle for James McPaik and Dundee. But it's not meant to cause offence. It's simply to handle things as they come in chronological order. And Celtic are playing right now. And we're not making any mention of Celtic and Partick Thistle And that's happening right now Because we're dealing with a moaning taxi driver He can always come back on Alex on Monday night And give us his uh, view of how things pan out Exactly Alex, you're still there You want to come back on Monday night And have a wee chat about the Motherwell game Oh, we're just listening to you there you know I mean, I've, I've picked guys up with you every Saturday night They're always moaning you know? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where they get it for you Alec. <laughs> Right, Alec, thank you very much hope I'll tell you what, there'll be no tip Yeah, I hope nobody squeezes me back here taxi tonight Right, so the Celtic game is underway Two minutes gone, still now now Between Partick Thistle and Celtic We will keep right across that uh, We'll try and hear from some of the managers as well Because all the three o'clock kickoffs are done No shocks in the cup uh, We were talking earlier on Clyde managed to get a late 
goal um, against Bonnie Rig. That was one that we maybe sort of uh, scoped out as a possible one. But all the big teams doing as they uh, as they should do. Yes, really. and, and when the draw does come round, some of the bigger teams will be looking like BSC, Clyde. These are the type of games yeah. that the teams that they'll be looking to try and uh, get in the next round of the draw. Falkirk potentially could get through as well. That was a draw today with Bro. So there's teams that you'll be looking forward to, but most of the people are looking forward to the draw tomorrow. Uh, with the, uh, particularly the smaller ones trying to get one of the bigger uh, teams so they can generate money, a great day out and so forth. Watson Edward had the first uh, chance for Celtic, a header, but uh, easily gathered by Scott Fox. But as you would expect, uh, with three minutes of the game gone, it's all Celtic. It's that old one-way traffic again. Uh, and Partick Thistle just trying to absorb the pressure I think the tactic's quite simple here just drop off make it very difficult let Celtic have the ball at the back and then when they come in to you know 30 yards out go and try and press it go and try and close the spaces I think Ian's probably saying look keep us in the game as long as you possibly can don't give away a cheap quick goal don't give away anything easy to Celtic because once a Celtic team get in their stride you know that they're capable of knocking in goal after goal uh, but they've certainly got plenty of possession, plenty of touches of the ball. And it's just Cham at the edge of the box at this moment in time. Takes a left foot shot, but it's high and not Wide. very pretty at all. So let's hear from one of the managers in the three o'clock kickoffs. It was heartbreak for Jim Duffy's Dumbarton. Let's hear from the big man now. Listen, from where I was, I couldn't see it. It looked as if it was a long delay. And I didn't think the linesman gave it, which is the side. But at the end of the day, listen, the referee gives it. and I, don't, I really don't know. I've not got a clue. I mean, we're over 60, 70 yards away in a diagonal with a crowd of players. But, you know, it's just one of those ones where it's a bit heartbreaking because, you know, you get so close to getting a replay. And, listen, we know we were under the cost, particularly in the second half, when we knew that Aberdeen would come on strong and the Kenna was bombing forward and stuff like that, almost like three players on the left-hand side with him again and Considine. But... We defended the penalty box really, really well. I think our goalkeeper was restricted to not too many saves, or certainly nothing. He wasn't having to pull off save after save. But Aberdeen, as I say, they've got so many options. They've got the phys- physicality and the height and the presence, but they've also got ability and creativity. And whether I mean, it's McGinn or McGeeck or McLennan, you know, they can they can pop little balls in the corner. And I thought I thought the team was outstanding today. From my point of view, we can only look and do it, but and defend properly and be organised. I said before we wanted to make it an awkward, difficult day for Aberdeen, and I think we've done that. He certainly did. It was very late yeah. on that Sam Cosgrove got the penalty for Aberdeen that Jim Duffy was uh, sent us during the week on Super Scoreboard that he was uh, struggling to fill the bench today mm. as well. So it's just so annoying you get so yeah. far. You know, you go to the, the team who are, you know, been the third best team in Scotland and second best team over yeah, the past What a difference in a journey down the road. I know. You're, oh, no. you're five, ten minutes, well... Maybe for 10 minutes away, Hugh, with time they add on, whatever they have, injury time, whatever it is. And you're thinking, what a journey we've got to get down. The bus would be booming, Boy, yeah. everybody would be so happy. And then all of a sudden, so much into the game, and you give away a penalty knocks out the cup. Jim will, Jim will be proud of his players mm-hmm. because, you know, the performance-wise and everything, brilliant. But he'll be really disappointed about the result. But in a week when everybody's are moaning about everything, and why is it taking so long for decisions to be made? And we're astounded by the fact that we've been cited for this. And laddie daddy da, he made no attempt to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. He didn't, didn't see it. See it. Yep. Didn't see the penalty. He's not going to say to you, uh, "Oh, we we've been robbed." Thistle have a chance, but 
a Very last gasp tackle there from by Zach Rudd. Yeah, Beaton, Rudden's getting behind. Uh, I think that, I think Celtic were looking to get the ball back because I think it was uh, Ayer put the ball out for one of the players that were injured. And, oh, sorry, uh, Beaton Be- 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 yeah. Be- put the ball out. Daz. He looks like his hamstring's gone. Oh. Yeah, it looks as if Beaton. Is that Beaton? Because he, yeah. he had a hamstring problem earlier on in the season when he, he played at Ibrox. So, but it was unsporting conduct there, Daz, because they were looking for the ball back. Rudden yeah. has got the ball in behind. And uh, Beaton recovers really well, but it, it looks as if he's pulled. It his reminded hamstring. me a wee bit about the Motherwell one. Remember James Scott? I Celtic yeah. part, yeah. He went mad, yeah. Well, but, it looks as if Motherwell scored then. Yeah, it looks like an early substitution for Celtic. Beaton is down, and uh, Siminovic looks like he'll be coming on. Yeah, Beaton just sort of hobbling off there. Looks like he's hamstring. He just goes in for the challenge there, and uh, yeah, he's definitely hurt himself. So he's uh, back down on the ground. Looks like he's coming off. Still nil nil between Partick Thistle and Celtic, and it is actually a corner to Partick Thistle as yeah, well. Yeah, we were touching at the top of the show here about what Celtic had to bring in in the window. Yeah. If Beaton has done his hamstring, Simunovic has had injuries throughout the course of his time at Celtic, and he's obviously come onto the field of play now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But that must be a concern for Neil Lennon to maybe get another body in there. I, I totally agree, Alex. Sorry, Hugh. Yeah. I totally agree. I've said that from day one. The way he's walking there and he's holding his hamstring, and we know I like hamstring. You know, it sometimes takes a right few weeks for that to heal up and get back to fitness. Uh, I would be very surprised if Celtic now, before a window shuts, don't look at bringing in an R centre half. He's only played seven games yeah. so far this season, Simunovic as well. So he's uh, he's coming right back in, isn't he? Yeah, well, the, it's an opportunity for him to get minutes as well, and um, I suppose that's the upshot. However, I think Neil Lennon will be looking in this window to try and get another one in because you cannot go into the second part of the season with potentially short in a, a particular area. We'll keep you right up to date with what's happening at For Hill, but let's hear from another one of the victorious managers today. Here's St Mirren's Jim Goodwin. Well, you know, most importantly, we're in the next round. That's the bottom line and that's the aim before the ball is kicked. I mean, obviously, we knew it was going to be difficult. You know, obviously everybody else would expect us to turn up being the Premier League team, playing against the junior team and to wipe the floor with Broxburn. But, you know, I said in the build-up to the game, we knew it was going to be difficult. I give great credit to them for the way they went about it, particularly in the first half. made life very difficult for us and we struggled to break them down at times. We didn't work the goalkeeper enough. Uh, we got in good areas at times in the final third, in, in wide areas, and you know the, the delivery into the box wasn't what we needed it to be. You know, I, I give credit to my players as well because I, I thought they were professional in the way they went about it. You know, it wasn't like they were slack in possession or anything like that. We just couldn't, you know, find that killer pass, or we couldn't work the goalkeeper enough. But in the second half, I thought it was better. A good win for St Mirren in the end. It finished 3-0 against Broxburn. Chance for Celtic there, Alec, wasn't it? Yeah, Tom Rogic just fell on his good left foot, but he's just dragged it past the far post. Good connection. Nine minutes gone. It's, uh, yeah, so it's all all happening. It's uh, three o'clock kickoffs, all done and dusted. St Johnston was a late one there, and uh, it finished 3 0 up at Perth because the lights went out. So that was oh, the yeah. reason for that. So uh, we will hear from more managers next. We'll also keep you right up to date with Partick Thistle versus Celtic as Clyde One Super Scoreboard continues. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Welcome back to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's Stephen Mill in for Gordon Duncan, and we've got one of these. Goal flashes with one stop roofing supplies. It is 
Partick Thistle 0 Celtic 1 Lee Griffiths has put the champions in front and the cup holders and uh, Alex Ray was not impressed with the Partick Thistle defending at all Yeah I'm not quite sure who the right back is I think it may well be McGinty but he actually ducks out of a tackle uh, allows uh, Greg Taylor to bomb forward and the resulting uh, kind of mismatch in, in the middle of the box falls to Lee Griffiths and he dispatches it with ease you don't mind say chances Yeah the final mistake is made by Penrice yep. the, the left back uh, he actually knocks the ball across the face of goal and then the old instincts kicked in for Lee Griffiths there was never any danger that it wasn't going to be a goal he just quickly dispatched the ball behind Scott Fox first goal for Celtic since August it's a great personal lift for Lee Griffiths uh, and for Neil Lennon having suffered the loss of near Beaton to injury within a matter of moments gets the other side of the coin a big win a big goal for Lee Griffith yeah 15 minutes gone 1-0 to Celtic Gordon Dale that will do his confidence a little oh, good one I, I think everyone in the Celtic bench and on the pitch was hoping that Griffiths could score today the confidence it gives them uh, a lot of people have written Lee Griffiths off uh, let's be honest about it uh, we've touched on it a few times about his fitness but when that ball drops to him cool as a cucumber just safe foots it by the goalkeeper that's the sort of chance you want as a striker yeah. uh, when, you, when you've not scored for a while exactly and the confidence that gives you is incredible I do agree with Alec I think that Ian McCall will be disappointed oh. with the defending but take nothing away from the finish it's an absolute terrific finish from him Yes, exactly what you're looking for, you know, the ball just lands brilliantly for him on his favoured left foot and you can see how popular it was with the Celtic players because most of the players ran right for Lee Griffiths and celebrated that with him. Okay, open line is still open if you want to give us a call about anything, 01419511025. Jimmy has given us a call from Yoker and he wants to talk about the Rangers game last night. You're saying you can't really be too harsh on the players, Jimmy. No, oh, how you doing, guys? I, I can't believe that some of the criticism that my fellow Blue Noses are having me. No, the game last night was what it was. No, we dropped seven players, albeit uh, James Tavernier had an enforced injury. Um, the the way Sunar uh, set their stall out was that they, they made sure that uh, they condensed, they compacted the midfield. Uh, they let their wingers uh, run freely. And their wingers couldn't get any decent balls in. The only man who could get any decent balls in was uh, young Nathan. But I'd just like to say to my, my, my fellow Blue Nose, that, look, it's, we're in the next round of the Cup. Uh, there's a long way to go. Big league games coming up soon, and I just kind of there's a guy on there saying that no, some of them are fit to wear the jerseys. Every guy that puts a Rangers jersey on is fit to wear a, jersey, a Rangers jersey. So they shouldn't be coming on and making silly remarks like that. You know, it was for me it was a decent win. I thought we, uh, the game wasn't a great game, but we won two nothing. And I, I just I, I just kind of get any Rangers fan that can come on and, and start criticising the team like that. I mean, it's five wins in a row. OK, a lot of people say that it was only Sunrath, but the game's still going to be won. And uh, Sunrath set their stall out not to uh, lose a lot of goals. They didn't have one shot and goal. Their goalkeeper didn't have one save to make. So they, they should be a wee bit more happier than what they are. I think they would, oh. you know, the, it was expected that Rangers would, if you like, wipe the floor with Sunrath. And it didn't materialise. And Stephen Gerrard was very honest and uh, candid in his assessment of the game he said he was bored watching it I think there was just a general disappointment that it wasn't what the Rangers fans thought it would be however uh, you know some comment about getting people out the door is over the top but 
If, if people have a, a criticism to make, it's a free country. But the Rangers managers come out on record and said that there's fringe players not taking the opportunity. Yeah. So if they're not taking the opportunity, the way the Rangers manager works, they will be out the door, Hugh. Because if they're not prepared to stand up and be counted, I, I totally understand Jimmy's point about the game and all that, but it doesn't matter who Rangers 7 changes, whatever. If you look at the personnel Rangers have got, still, no disrespect, they should be beating Stranra, who are going into League 2. They've won two games in 20. They're at Ibrox in front of 38,000 people. As, mo- as well as you've got to give them a bit of credit, I just think Rangers, on the night, and I think the manager, uh, Rangers manager admits it, they were poor. Can I make another wee point, mate, before I go? I go for it, Jimmy. Uh, I was listening to Hugh that earlier on. It's regarding the so-called charges put against Rangers, and I think Hugh's comments are totally out of order. You know, it's as if um, everything that happens at Rangers we're blaming on Celtic. That's not the point at all. We're looking for a bit of fairness here. Hugh, I spoke to you many years ago when you were the, the same person who said that Rangers and Celtic were treated differently and that Rangers were being, uh, being treated better than Celtic. And if you don't know what call I'm talking about, go to YouTube because it's there. it's been there for about five years. Rangers have been treated very, very unfairly here. And I'm not comparing what, what the... the the, the Celtic players had done in the past in different games, the tying scarves onto posts and making uh, gestures to the Rangers fans that, that some people were injured. But to come on and, and, and make silly comments, it's only because it was Celtic Day. There's things here that's happening every week in Scottish football and Rangers are getting the blame for it all. The fact of the matter is, people like you are dinosaurs. No, <laughs> you should just give up doing what you're doing, Hugh, because your comments are absolutely kank. You're against Rangers every tick and turn. Your only good thing to say about Rangers is that when you when we have a decent game, but see when when Celtic have a, a poor game, you never give the other team credit, and it's absolute rubbish to listen to. Well, we'll, we'll let Hugh come well, back on on that. There, yeah, I think it's only fair that he gets a ret- uh, Hugh gets a retort. I've had all the old dinosaur stuff before. Mm. You know, they're always on about age. Um, when I mentioned Rangers earlier on, it was in reference to the Rangers statement. In which they used the word others And I said by others they mean Celtic And when Celtic released a statement There's always a, a dig at Rangers contained within it The two of them as I said earlier on Play to the gallery on these occasions Unfortunately In the west of Scotland uh, People delve into your background And I get criticised for being supportive of Celtic And critical of Rangers uh, because of my background uh, And that's simply not the case I tell the truth as I see it uh, Whether it's Celtic or Rangers I've had my fallouts with Celtic And my fallouts with Rangers I'll continue to say what I think uh, And to use the ageism argument And the cultural background argument Is just pathetic once a dinosaur, always a dinosaur. <laughs> Takes money, no one. <laughs> put, put your fishing rod away there. <laughs> uh, thanks to Jimmy for your call. It's still 1-0 to Celtic at Partick Thistle at Furhill, but it is all Celtic at the moment. Edouard just at the edge of the box. Rogic got it now, lining up for a shot, and Thistle have just managed to uh, squeeze it away. By the way, George Bowie's on the way just after 6 o'clock with GBX as your Saturday night gets started. So just to round off the the day guys um, the big teams 
have all done their job and last night as well because Rangers did their job uh, regardless of what whether it was a impressive performance or not uh, no cup shocks unfortunately well, well Celtic look like they will do their job uh, you're still looking tonight uh, Dundee Motherwell I do fancy the Premier League Cup to be in the next uh, round and then I think we've got a real good game tomorrow Championship team Dundee United leaders can, looking can like they they're do going it, to Can United beat Hibs? Yes, I think they can at home yeah. um, and it'll be interesting to see how that plans out so they could still be I uh, know it's shock but uh, I do fancy Motherwell tonight I, f- I think Celtic will get this job uh, completed and uh, tomorrow I think it's a real interesting game I think uh, the teams have won today by the kind of margin that they should have been winning by. Kilmarnock exceptional, six goals. Daniel Stendhal first win, five goals for him for Hearts against uh, Airdrie. St Mirren have come good in the end. Uh, they, they have simply done what they should have done, as Rangers did last night. Uh, and as a dinosaur, I'll leave you <laughs> with the words of uh, Fred Flintstone Yabba Dabba Do. <laughs> Alex Ray, want to add on to that? Yeah, I'm just watching the game. Uh, as it currently stands, uh, Patrick Thistle being overwhelmed at the moment by Celtic. You know, it's wave after wave of attack, and you can just see Celtic piling on the pressure and going on to win this comfortable Hugh. Yeah. And uh, we should probably mention Because Alex the taxi driver Is probably still listening That Motherwell are taking on Dundee I know you I mentioned, mentioned it, it yeah. uh, Gordon But just to give it another mention Because obviously he's, he's still not getting a tip He's still not getting a tip at all He'll be giving you Several boundary charges If he's picking you up I'd rather go on. in the taxi with Jimmy The yeah. last caller <laughs> So uh, we, if you want to keep up to date With the Celtic game You can do so At Clyde SSB on Twitter And of course We've got the Motherwell Versus Dundee game A little bit later on And of course One game tomorrow Before the draw Which we've already mentioned which is Dundee United versus Hibs but that is just about it from us all the big teams have made it through in Scottish Cup fourth round day and the draw for the fifth round will be held tomorrow Gordon Duncan will be back on Monday night with Alex Ray and Hugh Evans. you can have your say as always at Clyde SSB and 0141 951 1025 that is your number I've been Stephen Mill you enjoy the rest of your Saturday night GBX the legend that is George Bowie is up next Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. The form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.